Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 140 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Helpton, and who's rescuing souls from the dead with me tonight? Uh, this is Vincent Goodwin of Some of My Friends Read Comics, and that was a game. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and before we go too far, I do want to give a shout out. We have a Patreon right now, and it's for little as a dollar. You can vote in our Patreon poll this month, which is all about horror movies so we got nightmare in elm street 1984 the witch 2015 reanimator 1985 or poltergeist 1982 you get to choose what movie we're going to review this coming up next month so as little as a dollar you can vote on our patreon link is in the show notes definitely go check that out and i hate horror movies by the way so if you want me to suffer <laughs> go check out whatever the hell you want right now reanimator is winning so that should be fun all right and we are here to talk about a game that i love <laughs> This is this is a game that I've been playing off and on for years as a kid. I for some reason I don't remember the exact details, but I I played this game as a kid. A friend of mine had it. So we're gonna be talking about Soul Blazer for Super Nintendo from 1992, developed by Quintet, published by Anik. Man, this this is a game that I I want to say I think it was a friend of mine who was a few years older than me who lived in an apartment uh, complex near me had another friend who had this game at SNES and he borrowed it and he brought it over. And I think that's what introduced me to this game. I don't, I own it. I don't remember how I bought it, when I bought it. I, I just know I, I own, I'm pretty sure I own it still. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, like, I don't, I, I had honestly never heard of this until, you know, ROMs came out and mm-hmm. probably, you know, like looking back, like I knew Illusion of Gaia really well because it's this sort of sequel to this, um, which I'll covered, I would say like in February of this year. And that got like a big Nintendo power push. Nintendo may even have published that one. It may have been after Enix left there, um, stopped publishing in America. But I never knew of Soul Blazer. And quite frankly, like the box doesn't look like that appealing. It's got like a <laughs> sword and a mountain. It says, free the Frelians, make death toll pay. I don't know who the Frelians are. I play this whole game. I don't know who those are. Um, those are but, the people that I, I, I think those are the people on, on the on the planet that you're on, essentially, or the, the, the continent you're on. Okay. Well, but but either way, like I always think of like marketing and stuff. And I'm like, how does that appeal to people? Like, like, oh, death toll paying. Yeah, I'm definitely in for this game. Is there a picture of death toll on the box? No, it, it just seems like it's a weird like era of to like, I don't know how people would have. I, how, I guess how you found this and you, you honestly don't know how you found it. No, I'm just, also a little younger, so I, I want to say it was just handed to me and just put in my Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And then my friend was probably playing it is what I think it would happen. I don't remember much. I just know that I've always have known about this game for so many years, long before ROMs came along. So that had to have been it. Because I have a vague memory of him bringing over random RPGs like Lufia, Lufia 2, and then mm-hmm. playing them, and I would watch them. Yeah, because this was before. Because I was a big Nintendo Power kid, so I was like into the Epic Center and that stuff. But this is all like well before that. I guess this may have been like marketed on like the backs of from the ActRaiser team. And it does have a lot of. Have you all covered ActRaiser yet? We have not yet. We were we're supposed okay. to, we were supposed to, but we'll okay. see. it's coming at some point. Is that one that you'd want to be on? I assume. I don't know. Like, okay. Honestly, <laughs> I've always looked at it, and um, I got my Super Nintendo right when ActRaiser Two came out. So like, I rented ActRaiser Two for like a hot minute, but all the magazines were like this sucks compared to ActRaiser One, and then I never rented ActRaiser One. So okay, ActRaiser One is a good game. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I can I can say that I've played it played it at least once. Yeah, there was one level in this game that looked a lot like ActRaiser stuff I've seen from the screenshots, the little Lilliputian town. Well, technically, in it's not, I don't think this is canon, but people are trying to say that it's canon. 
that this game is a sequel to Act Razor, and Act Razor is all part of that same quintet trilogy or okay. quadru, whatever the hell you want to call it. But it, they say that this is all part of the that quintet. Same quintet, series. yeah, like the Act Razor, Illusion of <laughs> Gaia, Terranigma, Soul Blazer. They're all part of the. They're all take place in the same world. Is that true? I, I don't that. know, but that's what they say. I mean, none of it's actually been like proven. There's no mm-hmm. and and quintet like been scattered to the winds and. Nobody seems to like. I mean, this. this yeah, we, we can talk about that later. But I'm su- I'm surprised that Square Enix hasn't like done anything with this property. Yeah, they. Really. Now, Quintet is still around, by the way. Oh, are they really? It doesn't have a date because I just went to their wiki and it. Okay, no, there's no. Never mind. Their their website was shut down in 2008. Oh no. Yeah, they're they were a great. Uh, they were. Uh, I'm 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 now moving us to the who's Quintet segment of the show i guess but they they made act razor act razor 2 they made the trilogy illusion of gaia which is very popular terra enigma never came here um it's kind of that and robo trek which is weirdly where i knew them from did you, did you ever play robo trek no but it's been talked about to be on the show <laughs> but no yeah, i never played it's, uh, it, it was, i wrote fan fiction about robo trek despite it never being at my blockbuster i never rented it but nintendo power covered it it sounded to me like now looking back it looked like an early Pokemon game where you raised robots to then go fight as part of your party. You weren't like the, you weren't a party member. And I remember specifically the planet they lived on was called Quintinex, which is Quintet and Enix put together. So that's why I always knew who Quintet was because they threw their name or the localizers threw their name as the planet in this uh, weird little Nintendo RPG from like 94. So it's always, always my, it's one of those SNES games that I have somehow missed after all these years. And one day I'm, I keep telling myself I'm going to play. I think that that's where like that, that's exactly where I was with Robotrek. So someday, if you ever cover it, find me. Um, I, okay. I may be interested in covering it. Or playing we will it. be at some point. Yeah. So thank you for letting me ask me to play Soul Blazer because it's always been on my list of like, <laughs> oh, I love Illusion of Gaia. I should really check out Soul Blazer and then just never got the motivation to do it. So it's also a strange game because it's an action RPG. But at the same time, there's no grinding really in this game. Mm-hmm. The story is there is a story, but they don't really give it to you a whole lot. You have to go out of your way to talk to people and find it like you can just play this game with the brief amount of what's happening and just enjoy it. There aren't like a lot of lengthy cutscenes. There aren't a lot. of. There's nothing. It's just a game where it's very pick up and play. Like the game starts off where you are in what I think the save point area and you're told it's like the music comes on. You're told that you were sent down from from heaven and you have to go and stop evil or something i don't even pay attention at the time i'm like okay and then you and then you go into a room you get a sword you see you kill a creature you get you meet an old guy who says he's a magician also from the sky and then you get a little blue orb that circles you and you have a sword and that's how the game kind of starts off yeah um (laughs) your your hosts called it on the illusion of guy episode they call that baby's first action rpg and honestly like looking back (laughs) it probably was my first action rpg because like before that i read like final fantasy and nintendo power and i'm like i don't get this like, uh, it just is overwhelming. But Illusion of Gaia was like my hook that got into that kind of stuff. And this is even more like baby's first action RPG. It's oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's a step up from Gauntlet, like, obviously, but it's not that different. And it and then this starts taking you like an experience points and new gear. So like if, you know, when this came out, I was like seven. That, that absolutely makes sense that this would be a game that would like be able to like hook me from like the oh, from like a brawler, of, you know, just walking around to like gear and some type of plot and then it's it's a really cool game because like going into the first world like i'm like this is super janky the the attacks are like the the arc of the attack 
it is definitely an early Super Nintendo game. It feels like in that cross between like an 8-bit and a 16-bit game where it's just kind of like everything's a little sluggish. The controls are a little slow. They're not that advanced. Like all he has is like this little like one attack and then he walks slow. He has no cool animation. His hair doesn't jump up and down like it does an illusion of Gaia. <laughs> it, it's a little like Final Fantasy four in that way that you're like, oh, this is older. Just like it feels a little older and not in a bad way. It just feels older um, than what later came on the Super Nintendo. And I'm like, I'm, not I'm like, this is this is going to be I'm going to be in for the long haul. But it does a really cool thing. Like right off the bat, it sets this cadence where you walk around and then there's like this little like hole out of the ground called a monster layer, monster portal, something like that. And like a bunch of enemies come out and they're also similarly janky and they have like a two second invincibility thing where you can't kill them. And then they just run at you and you don't have like enough slashes. So you're always going to get hit once or twice until you figure out how to cheese it behind, like getting them caught on the rocks. And I'm (laughs) like, okay, this kind of sucks, but okay. And then I'm like, and this is a kill room and I hate kill rooms. It's just like straight up like any room, any game that's just like built around kill rooms. I'm like, this sucks. I hate this. And so then like the monster layer like pops open and it's like flashing green. So I step on it and it's like something's in town has opened up. You generated a cat. A building showed up and I'm like, oh, this is kind of like Dragon Quest seven and six where, you know, like you, you know, you do something in the dungeon and then now something new on the map has popped up. Kind of Metroidvania ish, but also not. And you're like, (laughs) oh, well, how? Oh, now there's something new to explore. And this cadence of like I kill this monster room, which, you know, I, I do this kill room, which in theory I don't like. And then I go and I go back to town and I'm like, oh, what did I do? Which then creates this kind of like, but it's this weird loop. And and there's this quote from uh, from Knives Out where it's like, it don't make no damn sense. It compels me, though. And it's it's this strange, stupid cadence of like, I do this. I do this kill room. Let's go see what I did. And, and, and almost like how I do Dragon Quest one or I do like a rogue game where I like I get as far as I can and then I walk back to town to say I go get as far as I can. I'll walk back to town. And so as this game went on, I would be going down and like killing everything in all these monster layers. And I'm like, oh, I'm about to die. And then I would walk back to town and then go see like everything I done. Like, oh, there's a new dog to talk to. Oh, there's, you know, some new merchant in town, blah, 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 blah. And it, it just it was very compelling. It's a very good like arc of a gameplay loop. And I'm, I'm really surprised because like, like everything on paper, I would not like this game. <laughs> and then I'm like really compelled to keep playing. It's really fascinating. That's what always has, has stuck with me. Like I love games like this where you go and you defeat monsters and you unlock things in a town. Like when the game first starts and you get to your first town, it's called Greenwood. I think it's, yeah, Gre- is it Greenwood? I, yeah, something like that. Okay. I should know. I shouldn't have wrote the thing, but you go to this little this little town and there's nothing there. It's just just blank and then you find a mine. And like you're saying, as you go through these portals, you keep unlocking different things. Like you the first thing you unlock, I think, is a oh no, Grass Valley. Greenwood's the second town. And the first thing you get is a tulip. I'm like, what the fuck is a tulip doing here? But that's yeah. just what you the, did it. And like I'm gonna go talk to it though. <laughs> I'm gonna go talk to that flower. I used to. Now I don't talk to anybody so I know exactly <laughs> who I need to talk to. <laughs> but that's because I played this game. I actually beat this game earlier in February just for the hell of it. Even though I knew it was on the show, I just wanted to play it again. I didn't want to wait till August. I'm used to the bullshit of Dragon Quest Seven for 3DS, where it seemed like you had to talk to everybody to trigger a flag. And if you didn't talk to literally everybody in the room, sometimes in a specific order, it wouldn't trigger the next like story beat. Um, and this game does do some of those things. Like, oh, I, I forgot to talk to the treasure chest. So... It's not as much, it's not as random or it's not as complicated as that. It's very particular thing or people you need to talk to to progress mm-hmm. the game. 
because you can skip. I almost talked to very because I knew exactly what to do. So I talked to very few people. But yeah, you don't. There's only certain things you have to do to progress the game. I, I can see that now. I, at the time, I'm like, I guess I'm watching this whole snail race. How many laps do they have to do? Okay. But you are right, though. I never, I never really, because since I, I have, I have rose colored goggles with this game, and I, mm-hmm. I have to put that out there because I didn't even like think anything about it being janky to me. I'm like, oh, that's just how the enemies are. It's just they come forward. You, you, you maybe you step up one corner so they can't touch you, and you just smack them in the in the face mm-hmm. of your sword. Because it's just this game is so ingrained in my memory that I don't even, and I played it when I was so young that I don't even like notice things that are would be considered issues with it nowadays. Well, it, and that's that, that. This game is an exercise in uh, so much jank that <laughs> works. That works. Like I don't get it. Like I, I mean, like everything on paper. I would you know back in my reviewing days, I would like knock down and be like, that's a point off of this game. But you know, it's just like a super charming game that like. I love like one of my favorite games of all time is I Ninja and everybody's like really I Ninja and I love I Ninja I love I Ninja so much and but I can't explain why because anybody else who plays is like this sucks and so but, so it's really fascinating to me like you have these rose colored goggles and even I'm coming into this game like I don't like I don't like any of this on paper and I'm like eh, I really like this game this is pretty charming um so when we get to our like shelf stacker box I'm like ah you know I'm gonna have a tough decision because it was a lot of fun it, it's funny to me though like in comparison to like Illusion of Gaia. Because, like, I felt like, oh, Illusion of Gaia does all these things so much better. And then, like, I, I was listening to your Illusion of Gaia episode. You're like, this sucks. Everything's like that. I'm like, am I doing the nostalgia? And I'm like, no, it's the it's the, it's the the hosts that are wrong. Um, the game's No, the- I don't. I really like Illusion of Gaia. I, I think I defended it in that episode, but I can't remember. Yeah, you did. Okay. They just didn't like it. Well, they also didn't have any nostalgic for it. Where I, Illusion of Gaia is another one of those games that I played around this time. I don't remember what I played first. I know Illusion of Gaia I rented at my local Blockbuster. Yeah. So that and I don't think I knew about the whole Quintet trilogy or even or any of that crap or knew I that definitely these were connected. didn't know about that until a decade. Yeah, not so. Well, Terry never, never even came here, but that's more of a way later thing. I just know like I don't think I even put two and two together. This that this character has the same power as Will where he can, you know, if you hold down R, he puts his sword out and things the orbs come to him. Oh, that happened? Oh. Yeah, if you, you hold do down that? R, you put out the sword. Again, <laughs> nothing. It's one of those games where nothing's explained to you. But me, I don't even realize it because I know everything that this game has to offer. So I just do everything without even think. Like, I right. don't even think about it. This is also the era where, like, instruction manuals, like, told you a lot more. Yeah. Than, like, yeah, because uh, I, I, I keep comparing this to Illusion of Guy, unfortunately. Um, but, like, yeah, Illusion of Guy had, like, a whole guide in the back of the manual to find every red jewel. It wasn't crazy. Um, wow, I didn't so, know that. Yeah, that, that made it a lot easier. Uh so it was in the manual, but I'm assuming Soul Blazer was similar. And Soul Blazer isn't Illusion of Gaia. I went in with that that wrong impression. Like Illusion of Gaia is a lot more of a just like developed action RPG from like two or three years later, post um, very story driven. Yeah, it's very story driven. But this like game... the, the combat, the animations just feel a lot more. Whereas this dude just kind of like walks around and like slash slash slash. Like his shoulders don't even move really when he slashes. You re- and you also don't get. And you never get a different sword slash. You have the same sword slash the entire mm-hmm. game. The only thing that changes, and depending on how you play this game, is that you get, you get different spells. And the way the spells work, you have a blue orb that circles around you at all times. And wherever, which way you're facing and which way the orb, wherever the orb is located at that time, when you press um, Y or one of the buttons, it will it will do whatever spell you have selected. Your first spell is a fireball. I can't tell you how it, it is. I don't use it because I find it so challenging to make sure I'm, I'm here. I am trying to survive. And I, oh, my blue orb is lined up just right. Okay, hit the Y button. Yeah. I mean, I can do it now, but it's. it's yeah, I can do it 
And also, Dude. like, yeah, my son was watching me, though, play it. And he was like, what is that blue ball going around you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, was, I completely forget about the magic. One, because it uses your money and it's a finite resource. When you die, you lose half your half your ammo um, yeah. for it. But it's, um, it's, there's no, yeah. The gems don't do anything other than for the spells. But th- but it's this weird thing where, like, the first fireball, like, it's it'll shoot in the direction that you're pointing. But it's where the ball is positioned, like in the 360 degree arc, it's going around you. Yes. So it's not like you can't just like fire straight, like a, a ranged attack. And then the next one, I think, is like it shoots in four directions. But I'm like trying to time it based off of where I am, not where the ball is. And it's just it's it's an extra level of complexity. And then like, incl- you know, these these little things that I would do to fix this game that don't like break the game because I find it very charming. It's like I would probably have had an overlay that says what weapon is equipped. Um, like, you know, like how Zelda has, you know, with the little like iconography and, okay. you know, just like little things like that. And then it's button mapping is really weird because like all the affirmatives and talking to people are B. And I kept pushing A for some reason, thinking that was my special attack and not Y. I don't know okay. why, but I, I, don't, I, I, I always pushed A in every gameplay session before then pushing Y. Like, oh, yeah, that's the right button for that. OK, I didn't. It's very weird. I didn't have that problem in this game. Also, I didn't play this on a uh, Nintendo controller this time either. So. Yeah. But I also didn't really notice any of those issues. I think just because I know, again, this is one of those games where I, I've played it so many times. Everything just engraved in my head what to do that nothing really like I don't I don't catch on to any of the things that would be negatives in this game anymore. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it's it's again, it's super charming, though. I'm really I'm I, really I, I like I like the areas like I mean, I think one thing that really made me stand out this game stand out to me as a kid is the first area you go to is a mine. You run, okay, mine, you know, a video game thing. We go in a mine, we kill monsters, you know, that's not that strange. But then as you unlock, you unlock a mansion, you go to the mansion, you get sucked into a painting. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what, that really grabbed me the first time I saw that. Okay. You go into like a demon <laughs> painting world and you end up running into monsters that you can't even kill at first. Mm-hmm. Not at first, but in this in this area, there's monsters you cannot kill, and the game's like, well, you got to come back later at some point. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, I, I'm now in the world. You know, I'm playing this in a post Super Mario 64 world where I jump into paintings all the time, <laughs> and I'm used to Metroidvanias where I'm like, oh yeah, okay, well, I guess oh, yeah. I'm gonna be coming Portrait back to this area. Yeah, yeah, Portrait of Ruin, that's a good one too. Yeah. But yeah, and then like, but like Metroidvania world where I'm like, oh, okay, well. You know, this is clearly a thing that I'm going to have to deal with later when I come back to. But but now I'm like, I, I and I didn't go back to it. Like, whatever the metal thing was like, I'm not going to deal with this. I don't even remember where this shit is in, anymore. Like, now at the end of the game where I could kill these things, I never went back. Is oh, it even, not. like, worthwhile to go get, like, the... There's, like, the thing in World 1 that you can't get until after, like, World 6. You get an item that can actually, like, kill them. I don't remember what it does, but no. I think it's for the <laughs> emblem side quest that we'll talk about later. I think. Oh, okay. They talked about that. I did not. Yeah, you would never have found those, I feel like, without a guide or somebody telling you where they're at, because a couple of them are in very hidden spots. I went and got them earlier this year. I didn't do it for this playthrough because I didn't care, but (laughs) I did it once. But we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I don't remember what they're for. I think it has something to do with that quest, that that side quest. I mean, there's just stuff that you don't have to do. It doesn't affect the main game if you don't go back. Yeah, and I'm so used to, like, you know, like today's world where it's like I have, like, quest lines written on my board like you didn't do this like do you remember to track this it's like i forgot completely forgot also did you realize that like i don't they they kind of say it but you're bringing back all these people from the dead oh i didn't realize that everybody Uh. is dead and they know they were dead like when you save them and they make certain comments they just came back from wherever they were somewhere in darkness somewhere like I think so they someone got like snapped like Thanos, mm-hmm. like that tulip. 
Thanos is like, this tulip can't be. So and then the Iron story Man, of, I'm Iron Man. <laughs> the story of this game that isn't explained to you till the very end of the game, which you didn't get to, is that the king of this kingdom, of this continent that you're on, had made a deal with the devil, essentially, Death Toll, to trade every soul that he gave Death Toll, he got one gold piece. <laughs> okay. I just laugh at this because, like, one, if you, when you get to that area, the guy's a giant castle. He's rich. He's, I mean, he's a king. Yet, for some reason, he decided to, I'm going to kill every single soul, whether it be a flower or a man, to get my one gold piece per soul. I, and I burned through those gold pieces like nothing, especially well, not when that, I had the cloud towers. Okay. This is something else that isn't okay. <laughs> described in the game. But that's what you're doing is like, that's the whole story of the game. And none of that's even given to you till later. And, I guess the whole depressing fact of like what's going on didn't even really occur to me until I was watching something talk about this game where it's like, yeah, you're bringing back people from the dead constantly because like this whole world was so destroyed. Like in the first town, you end up running into uh, Lisa, which is Dr. Leo's daughter, which means nothing to you till later in this game. And, you know, she's like, I don't understand. I mean, and it's, you know, I think she kind of mentioned a little bit about the whole like she wakes up. I mean, she comes back to life and she's sleeping. So pretty much she died in her sleep. And just came back, and all of a sudden the world's different, and her dad's missing, and everything is. <laughs> and okay. It's it's a very and it's a very weird game. And then the second place you go to is uh, called Greenwood, which is a, a whole like forest town where the animals run the town. You know, they're all like you have deer, mm-hmm. dogs, birds, and as a kid, I know I thought that was super cool. I still think it's super cool, even I don't I, like Greenwood. I think it's really cool. Like it's. One, it's cool from a from a 1992 perspective, but even now, like it's its story is not save the princess, you know, go kill the bad guy, go kill X bad guy. Like there's there's plot elements that are like, okay, well, there's this weird thing that's about going on about that. You know, it's not, you know, it's this town that's been destroyed. It's that that's much different, and the world's been destroyed, and you're repairing in a weird way. It's not saving the princess, and then it's got this like Dragon Quest cadence where. You roll into a different town, solve all its problems, and then you roll into a different town that's got something else completely going on. So, like, the first town is, like, you know, just, like, a city. And then the second one is, like, Animal Town, which I absolutely – there's Dragon Quest towns that are just, like, save the Animal Town and all the, like, the oh, the chickens are running the inn and the goats are running the, merch, you know, merchant shop. Like, that's all, like <laughs> – and so I'm, like, okay, this is Dragon Quest cadence. I'm, like, I'm into board. I'm going to go solve this little problem. It's a mini RPG. Each world, you know, it's going to take me – an hour and a half, two hours to solve this problem. I'm going to get fully everybody's story. I'm going to find this dog turbo. I'm going to get his bones. I'm going to get his leaf. I'm going to help these moles out. It's a good time, which didn't really threw me because the first town is like, we're going to hop in this Dr. Leo's painting. I'm like, I don't know who Dr. Leo is, but he's a painter. I got his paintbrush in my inventory. Sure. Um, and so then by the time you get to world six and you're like, Dr. Leo did blah, 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 blah. And like how these flashbacks, I'm like, I was not expecting these stories to string together like that. Mm-hmm. But now everything that, is about Dr. Leo. Like you, the the dog turbo you have to, that you have to rescue in the second world is his dog Lisa oh, okay. his daughter the third world the dolphin was his friend like he's the connector of all of everything that's going on with this and also you kind of find out like in the first world you res- the final person you rescue is a mayor who has this brown stone in his pocket and and you start seeing it's the people in power of these different towns that had these he gave these stones to for some reason. Or they had these stones, which then, which the stones all together open up the world of darkness to where Death Toll is, to where the guy made the deal with the devil. Again, this isn't exactly explained in this game very easily. It comes way later. 
It's weird because the story, the, the game is not story heavy at the front and becomes very story heavy as you move on. Yes. Which, the game is very basic at first. Just go do this. Go do, you know, go kill things like mm-hmm. the, the whole second world. You're just re- you're just going you're running through a swamp and you go in three different temples, like a dark, uh, like a water temple, a fire temple, a light temple. Mm-hmm. It's all familiar. And you're just going in there to and you just you kill things. I mean, I also have loved the enemy. I love the enemy differences in each world. They don't they don't tend to reuse the sprites a whole lot yep. in this game. They, they give you different monsters in each world that you're at. I like that, too. Yeah, that's I think like the beginning of my gameplay, my, my game session, I'm like, this is very basic. And I mean, to, to be fair, it is baby's first action. Where you're like, this is I mean, it's just kill rooms, like the cadence of that. But then the enemy started getting more complex or more interesting. The as it went on, I'm like, this game is holding back way too many cards at the front. And then gets more interesting as it goes on. Oh, you didn't which, even see some of the stuff in Maker's Castle that I, I like Maker's Castle a lot. But I don't. Yeah, we'll talk about that later when we get there. But yeah, but it's no, very I, interesting to me for like a game like I'm not used to, I'm used to games like kind of like crapping out near the end. Like, you know, they got a lot of mm-hmm. good ideas. They front load it because they want that. And then they're not expecting people to finish it. So they don't. Yeah, I think I, I heard somewhere from a game developer like people most I think like 60 or 70 percent of people won't finish your game. So you put the. God, I might actually heard it from Daniel when I was talking, interviewed him, where he talked about how, you know, you front load games on purpose. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like Shovel Knight is like we made that first level like super tight and super awesome. And like even Mario games like Bowser's Castle is not interesting to me, like in Mario World or like the whole like, I mean, it's challenging in Mario one, but it's just like death rooms and boss gauntlets like that's that's the end of it. And like this game is getting more interesting as it as it goes oh, yeah, on. It gets... The graphics are getting better. Like I don't know, maybe they. I don't. It could have been one of those games where they made it like chronologically, because it looks better as it goes on. Like their art gets better. You know, by the mermaid world, be. I'm like this. By the mermaid world, I'm like, oh, this is interesting looking. It could uh, be just. I mean, that might be a very good like reasoning why it's like that. Also, I mean, I felt like maybe just as things are progressing, the other worlds are more interesting. Like the first two worlds are more boring. Like even the swamp, like. The town, I mean, there's one dark thing I want to mention real quick. Like, at one point, you have to go and find the gravestone of Turbo the dog in order to get leaves from his gravesite so you can go on a raft. <laughs> there's one part well, with a mole. The rafts, are like, the rafts are like, okay, you're cool. We know you got the yeah. dog. Um, there's a, there's a mole where you go and rescue her, and you bring her into the cave, and then she disappears, and you find out that she was dead the whole time. Because you, even though you're bringing people back from the dead, if people were killed, they stayed dead. Like, Turbo will never come back because he was actually killed by Death Toll. Or something like it's you only you're bringing back the people that were in the snap essentially yeah that may have been where i get confused because i was like okay well some of these people are dead and like no all of these are dead that that threw me okay because it's yeah it's, it doesn't explain I mean, it's, it either. it's got an internal consistency but but i didn't track that oh and um in the portrait i do want to go back to the first world because i forgot to mention the portrait boss that you fight he is actually in illusion of gaia 2 which i've never seen him because i've never done the red jewel side quest but they reused that boss fight i saw that in the video uh i i saw that in the video yeah it's uh yeah, he, the 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 big thing that you do all these fifty stupid jewels for an illusion of Gaia. Some of them you can only do like you only have like one shot at, kind of like yep. a Super Mario RPG, where like this dude is running at this time and you have to jump on his head to grab this thing, or else you're never gonna be able to get in the rest of the game, and then you won't be able to complete this high quest. You do all that bullshit, you get to fight the first boss from Soul Blazer. Like that's so, <laughs> so you said you cheese this boss. I have always hated this boss and I've yeah. only beat him by Game Genie every time. Mm-mm. Yeah, so this boss, he's got he's got three different lanes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had to save state this, you know, at the front of the room because I was not going to, like, walk back all the way all the time. Oh, I know. Um, but I ended up not ever having to save state, like, 
you know, get two hits in safe and then save. You know, I never had to do that. I have to do that <laughs> with Mega Man X sometimes. But no, he's got like a couple lanes, but the middle lane is like kind of like a slow lane pushing you down the screen. So you have to like walk against it, like walking up an escalator yeah. and then you run back down it. What you do is you hold the, the R button to hold the stick out and then you basically run up and you cheese him that way and then back up real quick. And that's how you, you do it. You have to you don't use your slashes at all. Oh, you have to use okay. the, the poking. Which, again, the game never tells you that mechanic. I mean, it tells you the mechanic exists, but it never gives you a reason to use it. And there's no other point in the game where, like, that's a, or at least from the the 80% of the game, it didn't seem a viable strategy. People use it a lot. I don't, but I'm watching videos people play, and it's a very, it's something that people use a lot in this game. It's holding out your sword. It does less damage, but you can then just poke an enemy and keep walking back and keep hurting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's what that that was the the way to cheese him, um, okay. and yeah, and then I mean, and, and by that point, I was also getting really good at like tricking the enemies into getting like hung up on the geometry and like the the rocks and like walls yeah. of the their pathfinding was not great or <laughs> enough for me to be able to like stop them and just. Well, yeah, you can them. you can cheese a lot of them, which I I don't have an issue with. I find it amusing, but I can see. It's I mean yeah he so but so he ended up being pretty easy. The the one in illusion guy does look a little different. And actually, like the visually, it doesn't make it as clear that the arrows are pointing um, directions. It tries to do like highlighting of the of the beams, like with like the floor kind of lights up that way. But it, okay. it's easier to process. But again, you get the first boss of the previous game, not the final boss of the previous game um, as your bonus. It's weird. Yeah, it's OK. I was always curious about that. And then the in the second world, you fight. And I like this boss. You know, OK, so I so just. The disclaimer, I use cheat codes for every boss just because in this game, like I just I play this game without cheat codes. But when I get to a boss fight, I just throw invincibility on and just beat the boss quickly because mm-hmm. I want to because I just don't want to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, just, I couldn't uh, figure out how to get cheats on my on my on my stuff. So um, so I had to play this straight. I did do some <laughs> saves, you know, like, OK, I got to hit in. Oh, he hit me. Well, let's let's load back. So mm-hmm. um, I have done that before. Oh, I do it all the time in gaming. That That's that's how I play. If you listen to the show a lot, that's that's how I play. <laughs> You have to for some of these things. And for oh, yeah. the purposes of this show, we're, we're tourists here. Um, <laughs> well, I also went through a phase once where I'm like, okay, I'm going to beat Super Mario World legit. I'm going to beat Mega Man 2 legit. I played them for like a month straight and never finished them. That's when I said, fuck mm-hmm. this shit. Yeah, that's, I, I, I was that way with Mega Man X, usually only for the first boss. And then I could pretty much do everything set, you know, after that. It's just game. Some games are just, especially from this era, they weren't made that way. They were made to make it harder because again they didn't want you to i mean not not this type not soul blazer itself but many super nintendo games are made where they're like we don't we don't want you to beat this in a rental period so we're going to make this game harder so you can't yeah but but to that point though soul blazer has got some some i think some pretty great innovations specifically around its save points and warp points that it has a warp point outside of every single boss room like maybe like yes. one or two rooms away which isn't i don't feel like it's common for 1992 it's not even common until like I would say the mid 2000s. Yeah, you're um, probably right. I, I didn't really think about that, but yeah, I mean, it, and it also gives you like a mid warp point too, usually in every world too, like yeah. midway through. Like, okay, you probably need a break now. You're closer to town. You don't have to walk as far. Like, the game is very nice like that. You and, know, and yeah, and Illusion of Guy, like Illusion of Guy, everything, every monster room you kill, those monsters do not come back ever. So it's real good to be like, have I been here? Yes, everything is dead. <laughs> I'm not lost. And then walking back to town is pretty easy because you're not going to be like, Oh shit! Like I'm about to die. I gotta walk. Plus, if you that's easy. If I, you hit start, gonna... it'll show you how many monster layers are still remaining mm-hmm. in every pause of the game. 
And also, this game is full of blue jewels that will that you'll end up that, or items that you'll get as you or things that you unlock as you do these portals that will send you them back to town. Also, mm. but the last thing yeah. I want to say about the second world before we go on is the second world. The, the boss is like three lion statues that look like that circle around and shoot oh, yeah. different elements at you. I like that fight actually. I think it's a kind of a cool fight. And this, even though I had cheat codes on this time, I was able to cheese it. Like I found, mm-hmm. I was just able to find a way to stand where you just don't get hit by them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were pretty. I killed them. I think on my second try through them, they were pretty easy. Yeah, they, they, they were. They were fun. Yeah. If again, it reminded me of the again. That's a weird word. Uh, it reminded <laughs> me of Super Mario Land 2's The Three Little Pigs. Uh, fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm going to fight each one of these individually. I at first thought like maybe I got to pick which one I wanted to fight, but it seems to be a, a specific order you have to fight. Them. Yeah, they they come out in order. You don't have a choice yeah. in the matter. Just like the Three Little Pigs in Mario Land 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Episode 78, by the way, we covered that game. It's a fun game. Yes, it is. And then the third world is the one that I'm not as fond of, but it is definitely cool. You go to a a mermaid town, which is cool. I don't know. I just don't I don't like this town, this world as much like when you first start off, you only can go through one portal and go to an island because you can't go underwater yet because you'll die, Mm -hmm. which is a cool concept, too. And then you go to this little island, you fight gorillas and birds and some other interesting monsters. And eventually, as you progress through, you'll end up unlocking a mer- uh, you'll, unlo- you'll end up talking to someone who gives you a bubble armor, then puts a big bubble around you when you go underwater. <laughs> yeah, I, this is actually like where I was. I was kind of it took me like I would say like a week to get through worlds one and two. And I'm like, I'm not feeling this. Like, I mean, it's OK. I feel like I got the idea of what this game is doing. I'm you did. Yeah. New town. And then I play I got to the mermaid world and I'm like, I like this. I like this, like, layers in the in the mermaid town. It had, like, a lot of cool, like, bubble. It, it had a lot of, like, transparency layers. It looked really cool. Um, and the enemies started getting more interesting. The powers started getting more interesting. I felt like I knew how to play it. My weapons didn't suck, finally. Yeah, you, um, you can get better swords. Because this game does a good job. Like, every world, you get a new sword, too, and new armor. Mm-hmm. Some are a little hidden. Like, I always have a hard time getting the second armor, which is ice armor. I can never get it without looking at it. I don't exactly. think I have it. I never got it. <laughs> Yeah, it's in a ch- it's in that chest in the open world map that in the second world you'll see it in a chest behind a tree and you have to do something special to get it and I always forget what to do or how to get it. Just I'm just walking over lava. I would save save state right before I'd walk over any lava just to make sure I could cross. Yeah, it, that becomes an issue way later on when you're in Doctor Leo's lab. If you don't have that armor, you can get massacred. But other than that, it's not bad. You don't really need it. But, yeah, there was some some like retrospective video. I'm like, and then this bullshit. I had to go back to the second world to go do all this stuff, and I'm like. I'm dreading how to do that. And I just, I just didn't care. You don't have to. There's ways around it. If you just, just using safe states, but (laughs) it's just something there that they want you to do. And just be bold. (laughs) That's the strategy of, uh, I think Ninja Turtles one, when you're going through like the, the, the the swimming level is all the speed runners just go through it and just take the hit. That's what you gotta do sometimes. No, I got off that game. Someday we'll be on the show too. (laughs) And I will not be on it. The, the third world is just so, like you go to a freaking volcano. You're underwater. Yeah, like you're cool. rescuing mermaids and angelfish for no reason. Like it's a very it's an interesting world. I mean, you save a dolphin that keeps bashing his head against a wall because yeah, he he's trying to, to free to another life. dolphin because Lou, yeah. a friend of Leo, was locked up in prison by the queen mermaid. Yeah. I mean, there's this is when you start getting more story of the game of what's going on. But it it's interesting. Like I'm. I mean, I also one thing we should mention is throughout this game, you do meet different people who are that you rescue who are from the sky, they say, 
Like, example, in the second world, you get a mole that joins you. In the third world, it's an angelfish that joins you and gives you, like, they just give you little powers. Like, oh, you can see in the dark now. Or you can, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll protect you from the magma rain. Like, just little things. But it's cool. And the game makes you go to town and talk to people that you rescued to get items. So then you can go back to the world. Like, an example, in the third world, you have to talk to somebody to get a mermaid tear. Or it's in a chest somewhere. And then you have to then go to the top of this volcano and use the mermaid tear to make all the lava go away so you don't die. Right. And that's where I feel like the game doesn't tell oh, game you these kind of things. It's like Simon's Quest, kind of that, that bullshit where it's like, you got to go to this area and kneel while this item's equipped. So I got to the top of this mountain. I'm like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And I looked at the guy, the guy had the mermaid tears. And I'm like, I don't think I have the mermaid tears. And, they, and then it's like, well, did you free this person? And I go, I think so. So I have to go talk to everybody in town, get the mermaid tears, then go back to the mountain. Which, to be fair, like with the warps, and the way some of the monster layers unlock people in town, some of them just make your path easier to to go back, which I really love. Like, it's like, oh, this top of this mountain, I'm not doing this, like, giant slog, and everything's dead anyway, so it's not like it's really that difficult to get back to the mermaid tier spot at the top of the volcano. I do it. I wish the game just let, knew I had it in my inventory. I didn't have to, have like, go into the menu and equip that as my yeah, item. Yeah, that is annoying. Like, I little things like, that. Well, because it's like, that's your item instead of your item that doubles your strength. It's not like, you know, the the fourth slot in your in your gear because, like, I have, like, my weapon and I have my armor and I have my special power and then I have everything else in inventory. And I'm used to having, like, an RPG. It's like, that's where your rings or your necklaces are and stuff. But it's also, like, your health item and or the dream your, rod you got to wake up sleepy things with. <laughs> or your bracelet that gives you more attack power. Like, they all use the same spot. Yeah, same slot, because I, I would get to like the end of a boss battle and then go with, equip my med- medicinal herb. There's basically like a like a root, like a like a fairy bottle in Zelda. Yeah, that's um, a good point. that would that would, you know, basically, if you die, you can revive yourself. So I'm like, OK, well, I'm down to one hit point. Let me switch to this this item again. And then when I heal again, then I'll switch back to my um, my power bracelet that doubles my attack power again. So I figured out the cadence of it. I feel like seven, eight year old me would have figured this out, too. Um, so it's not a big complaint. I just wish that just like in terms of like these are like tiny little tweaks I would use to make this game better, but they're not deal breakers at all. No, I, I'm not a like even with the third world, like the last thing I want to mention about that place is you go to a sunken ship to fight a giant like skull as your boss fight. Mm-hmm. I hate that fight and I hate that part, but it's cool. <laughs> well, that like one, OK, personally. Th- that was another one where I saw the monster layer. I know I'm at the boss fight and I see these four torches like shooting beams at me and i can knock out each torch but i was like okay this is one of those clearly a puzzle where i have to kill all four torches at the same time and it's gonna be the boss render and so i I spent about i would say 10 minutes and a lot of my gyms trying to kill all four of them at the same time like this is a zelda puzzle i got this shit and then i just walked to the top and there was a skull and i'm like oh was it here the whole time and that was just like like a barrier Mm -hmm. thing to like fuck with the arena oh okay but like like I, I got like a two ahead of myself and then that thing just housed me like in the first move. So I, I, you know, I figured that I skull out too. I, I usually am like bad with like timing and, and boss tells, but this game is basic enough that like I figured it out pretty easily once I figured it out. Um, but that, that skull boss was one of the tougher ones. And he, I would say he was probably one of the more miserable ones. Cause he could kill you with his little hands walking around. Um, he could kill you really quickly, which reminded me of illusion of Gaia. And that's where my first illusion of Gaia playthrough first ended was the, the the orange dude with the two hands that dude i could not beat him for five years so losing the guy is not easy no it's not and it also doesn't tell you that like oh you need to kill everything in the room to get power up um, which i didn't realize and that's why i was like so underpowered going into that that boss battle 
but that's sense. another story. <laughs> so like, so I, I came into this game being like, murder everything. Um, uh-huh. Don't like walk, you know, like systematically kill everything. Don't like walk by like, I'll deal with that later. No, like kill everything because it's probably important that you have to kill that because you're not going to be able to pass through the game. And then in the, and when you do kill the giant skull, this is when you release the queen who has another one of the stones. I like how she kind of talks about how the greed got a be- got the best of her, that she made a mistake. She should have trusted Leo. I think this is when they give you a little bit more information about what happened. You find out that it wasn't really just the king that did this. All these different powers that be of these different towns are like, yeah, sure, we'll sell our own people too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they all fell into the greed of what Death Toll was doing, mm-hmm. which I think is also kind of cool. Again, very – it's – it's not it's only there if you if you know you're looking for it. like they don't I mean, again, the story is very hit and miss like it's it, they keep a lot. You know, you don't you don't have to absorb any of it if you don't want to, because the game doesn't you have to go out of your way to get most of it. You yeah, get that, sentences, but you won't get a lot of it. Yeah, but that's what's also cool about the game is it's not like it's not like super simple. Like, oh, well, everybody's been affected by Bowser. And now that Bowser's gone, everybody's happy. It's like, no, there were there were people who are complicit. In this, and mm-hmm. there were people who were collaborators and thought, like, "Oh yeah, this is a good idea. We can also be well, evil greed. together." I mean, this, yeah, it's, this game is all about greed and how people fell for a charming personality, the devil, you know, to do these things that are terrible because they believe because they just fell for it. You know, they were all conned. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, it's I like very, that too. This game is very nuanced. I mean, the the story it's trying to tell is is nuanced and different for video games of 1992. They're yeah. marketed to eight year olds. So were you uh, shocked at the fourth world when you end up on a on a ice mountain with a little with a little dwarves that you're saving that only li- if you talk to them, they only live like a year, I think. Oh, that was the yeah, those the yeah, this is again, this is like Dragon Quest, but this is you know, where it's like, oh, weird people, weird uh, you know, small side for high story town. There was one there was one that got me and I can't I did not write it down, but it was like one like, oh, that's like emotionally sad. Like this guy went up, you know, and he was a kid, and now he's an old man. It seemed like just a lot of old people just yelling at each other and being like, oh, I wish I I wish I had married somebody else because now I'm old with this person. And but if sucks. you talk I'm to like, them, if weird. I remember correctly, they only live a year. Right. Like they That's have right. these. So they, they make a comment they're like life is so short. We don't waste it for us. Like you, you and they're talking about you as like a human or like they think you're human or whatever they are. They're like, you're going to live, a, you know, a human might live 100 years, but we only live a year. So we make the best of every moment. It, it's very cool. It was it, I, I really liked that world. Um, I liked saving that one. That one again, this is where the game starts looking like, oh, I'm actually like really liking this game. I liked I like talking to all the different people. They had different things. They're not all like super thankful. Like, thank you for saving us. They're like, you know, it's all like some of them are getting in the, the, the spouse fights. And I'm like, I don't this is weird for a video game, but sure. But there was one that just, you know, I was like, this guy went up the mountain and he spent half his life up there. And it's so sad that he wasted all of his life up on the mountain. I'm like, sniffle, sniffle. But I think he went up there to go see the Roar Borealis or something, though. Yeah. Or maybe oh, there's some very interesting that, yeah. little things. Like, I didn't talk to anybody this playthrough because I didn't care. But <laughs> I was just I was on a mission. But I thought it was cool that it's there. Like, I I like the fact that you you have these little deep moments in, in this RPG that are also only there if you're seeking them out. Right. You and can I like just how play it's this all... game as an action game. Yeah, you can. And that, but I also like the story. To, I mean, it's it's I go back. It's a Dragon Quest. Like these are all episodic. Like I went to this town. I solved this town's problem mm-hmm. or this town like has a small little like Twilight Zone sci fi story. And, you know, it's about a town that ages quickly. And I'm like, OK, cool. And, you know, like, let's see all the ramifications of that. And, and because the way it like doles out people like not everybody comes back at the same time because of the way the, the game structure is. That you get it piecemeal, and it's really cool. I like that. 
it's it, 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 it's all like it's pretty neat. And then and then the actual level is interesting too. Like it's got the slopes and it's got those bullshit snowballs that chase you. <laughs> yes, those are for. annoying. Uh, yeah, they, I was not ready for them. You have and you have a part where you slide on ice and you have to go back to town because it, one of the guys you rescue. Go, hey, I, I see you're having a problem sliding on the ice. I got some mushroom shoes for you. Yeah, that that, that was like a oh okay we're we're in Zelda world where I'm sliding across mm-hmm. ice. It's like a sliding block puzzle, and I'm like spatially I can never figure those things out. And also like the screen is too big. Like it it's not all on one screen. You're gonna have no. to like move a little over the screen to see like where the next wall is that you're gonna like fall into to like slide right in the sliding puzzle, which I think is a little, uh, you know, I would tweak that. But um, <laughs> but but then you do it like once or twice. And it's like, yeah, that was bullshit. Here's some here's some shoes. So you don't have to do mess with these types sliding. Hey, it's again. very quick, too. <laughs> it's like I think you don't have to do a things. whole lot with it. They just they put the issue there again. This is another thing to make you go back to the town. Like throughout this game, you always yeah. will get things like midway through a dungeon. Like, OK, go back to town, talk to people in town. Go get some items, see the story we created for you, then go back and go do some more action. Yeah, and I think the game trains you really well for that. So like, it's like, okay, I see what this game is doing. I get this. And by that time, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be swapping out items. Um, there's these, there's a sleeping person in every town. It's like, okay, you're going to take off your mm-hmm. shoes. So you can go wake up the sleeping person and go get something from them. And I'm like, okay, got it. So by this point, like the game, I feel like, all right, I know what this game wants from me. And I, I, I know how to play this game. And I'm liking it. I, I like that world a lot. By by this point, I was I was I was much more in the game than the first two. I think the first two was like I call it like the Shire pastoral stuff before like interesting <laughs> stuff happened. No, it gets um, way better as the game progresses and, and you get better weapons. I mean, they don't do they do all do the same thing. You But yeah. the game just gets better and you get stronger. And because the game makes you kill everything to open these portals. So you're the game is making you level up. The game is controlling what level you're going to be. Essentially, when you get to an area, if you're playing the normal way you're supposed to be playing, you're going to be the right level. Because the game right. kind of forced you to do that. Right. There was there was none of this thing. I was reading guys like, you may get to this point and not be able to equip this item because you're not at the right level. And I'm like, yeah, this must be for speedrunners or something. Or like, yeah. like breaking the game. <laughs> or people that like, just aren't. Because like, even as a kid, I would want to unlock every single world that I saw. I mean, right. not world, but every monster there, I'd want to beat them all. I'd want to see what I... Because I, I got such a high off-scene what got unlocked in the town. Like, I don't know what it was, but to me, that was so cool. It still is. Even 33-year-old bike is like, damn, that's cool. Well, and it's so immediate also, because that's the thing about, like, have you played Dragon Quest VII before? Um, Does an hour count? No, okay. (laughs) No, No. Dragon Quest VII doesn't. It (laughs) stupidly takes way too long to get started. I know what it does is you you beat a world, and then, like, you solve something in the past. You You time travel to the past. You solve some problem, and then you come back after defeating that whole world. And it's like there's an island now that's come up in the future or this town that was wrecked, you know, on your map has now been rebuilt because you fixed it in the past. And then you go see the ramifications in the in the present day. But it's slower because it's like every three hours you go to see that arc, whereas this is like you did something. Go find this stuff. Even if it's a bullshit flower, you're like, I'm going to go talk to that flower. And so it's a real good cadence. I do think the game, though, doesn't telegraph like these are the important things. These are not the important things very well. So I felt like I had to talk to everybody and unlock everything just to get to that point. But the game starts doing really cool things where like, oh, I unlocked this monster layer. What does it do? Ta-? Oh, actually, it did nothing in town. It just unlocked three monster layers at the same time. I'm like, fuck <laughs> you. But this is fun. Like, it's combat starts getting much more interesting than like one monster layer of dudes slowly walking to you at the same time. It starts mixing enemies. And that's where I, I started getting really into the game. It started getting much more interesting. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I... 
you know, it's interesting seeing hearing someone else's vision on this because I'm so rose color goggles. So it's I can't. So it's it's very cool to see. That's why I'm glad I got you on here to yeah. give you somebody else's perspective on this game. I also have noticed a lot of people don't know this game. <laughs> I you no, I mean I. Yeah, I mean, conclusions wise, like this is a this is a ripe game, I think, for for re-release. It should all be owned by Square. I don't understand why it's not Mm -hmm. like just out. I think Square also has this issue where they don't re-release things that people aren't at the company anymore. Like, I think that the people who made Final Fantasy four people who made Final Fantasy four are still with the company. So like, hey, are you cool with us re-releasing this? Whereas the the people who didn't who made that game, I think like six, not as many people who made six are there. They don't say like. Would you be okay if we re-release this? I'm like, uh, you know, like that kind of they they don't want to step on anybody's toes and like bring back stuff if they're like embarrassed by it. You know, six is good, but like six should be in constant rotation. It should have gotten three bullshit sequels the way that like um, Final 13? Fantasy Four did. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say Final Fantasy oh, after, but I forget about but, that. Even though I bought that the day it came out. But right, exactly. Oh, another um, thing that confused me with the mountain world at one point, you finish climbing the mountain, you have to go back to the town and go through another dungeon. There's a stairway that opens up in in the town that leads to a second part of the dungeon, and that I right. that took me. I had to look up a guide and go, "Oh yeah," because I could not figure it out. I'm like, "Where the hell am I supposed to go?" And there it was right in front of my face. Yeah, that's where um, it starts breaking the rules of, of the of the game, and the next world does that, and Madrid Castle does that more. So like, there's different entry points to the dungeon. It's not all like from the from the from the main town where you can't even do combat. Yeah, it starts. There's like different entry points to different dungeons, and by Madrid Castle, like, oh, I've already done this one. But I got to go to this tower to go do something else. And that that started throwing me a bit. Oh, I like Wicker Castle. But the last thing we should say about the mountain before we move on is in the mountain, the boss fight is a giant like Poseidon looking thingy. Not in the water world, weirdly. No, <laughs> no, that's a skull. <laughs> and you, you fight him. And I I I never liked him. But when you beat him, you, you end up releasing the king of this town. And when you find out that the king had locked up people, you're like, no, he's actually bad here. But. He locked up Gnome, which was a snail, which was a friend of Dr. Leo, because he was trying to tell him, like, don't do this. And again, it gives you and he even talked about the remorse he has for his decision of doing what he did, which is killing his whole people for gold pieces. <laughs> so, again, they don't say that, but he does talk about his remorse and how greed got the mm-hmm. best of him. And, you know, he's he's sorry for what he did. Like they, t- they talk and then you get another stone and then then you lead to Dr. Leo's laboratory, which is, I think, is a is a, is a part that really you go to a giant mansion in the middle of a desert. <laughs> and I love right. Dr. Leo's laboratory. Like it is to me, it is a really cool area. Like you, you get to this giant mansion and I think the, you just, there's nothing there. But the first thing I think I want to say, you rescue as a cat, you rescue a cat or a door. Okay. Um, it was a door, <laughs> but yeah, I thought but, that was just yeah, so cool. Was... Like you can't even hurt some of the enemies right away. Like you have to find particular enemies that you can kill because some are metal. and You don't have the sword right away that can hurt them. So you're useless. That's when I texted you. I'm like, Mike, this yeah. my game is ended now. I'm done. <laughs> like these things are housing me. Well, because they also like slid towards you. So I was expect they they would they were those types of enemies, you know, that like slide across the screen horizontally or vertically at you, whatever direction you are. So I'm like, oh well, I got to loop around and then I'll get the meat of them from behind because I'm used to playing these kind of things in like Zelda and shit. And I couldn't do it. I was like, <laughs> I can't get the timing right. This game is too janky. I'm not gonna be able to do this. And I beat my head against that for like about I would say 30 minutes trying to get on the other side of these dudes. And I don't even think you like encouraged me. I think or no, I did. I just said it's cool. The, you didn't get the text message to be like, dude, there's like a weapon. Like literally, you, you, you go right instead of going left, and you'll get the weapon that'll help kill you guys on the left. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> but 
but the game is like interesting. Is this the factory where you can see like the entire second floor, like in the background layer yeah. underneath it? You see God, all these pipes cool. and everything, and yeah, it's, it's perfect. It, it it like it has like the lava parts and the pipes like perfectly like below in the background layer. Oh, and this is when you're just like releasing things in his house, and this guy had so many freaking cats in this house too. And you get mice, and you get dolls, and doors, and chests, and, the, and like, and the mice. It starts getting more complex in the town. Like the mice are like, you need to get rid of this cat. So then I could do something. I'm like, you well, I know I talked to this goat earlier in the game that had goat food. So I bet there's some cat food or something. That I'm going to have to equip. There's catnip. You get catnip yeah. and you have to go and I didn't do it because it gives you a spell I don't care about. But you're, that's what you're. Oh, that one's the cool. Is that the gold cloud one? That one I ended up. Uh, using. No, it's his, his little mines. Oh, yeah. I, I, I used that. I tried using that and then I was like, this is too much stuff going on. So I, I didn't end up using that. But yeah, the layer is really cool. And then like you see this like little map of you unlock this like little map of a town that dr leo made and i'm like okay well that's cool like well let's go talk to this map because you're not i, I say talk to but you know you know you, yeah, push it, button, you look at things you look at you read about it i mean some of the things is like there's actually like treasure chests and uh, a chest of drawers that talk to you and they dance and one of them i can't get over said like oh, my back hurts because i sit too much so i should probably do some exercising and then this this chest of drawers just started dancing and exercising doing some jazzercise so weird and, and it's clearly not a low it's not a localizer choice because clearly the animations were there. So, so somebody in Japan came up with that too. It's not the, the localizer is getting punchy. Um, somebody sitting punch- at his desk all day for 12 hours a day working right. on this game. And then, uh, and then, uh, so the, you talk to the map and like, you get sucked in the map and then you're in this little, like little Apusian town where all the enemies are like super tiny. Like mm-hmm. we're like a pixel or two tall. And I love like, it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Hello game. Like I, now we're starting. I was excited about this. I got when I was a kid and I first saw this, I, I want to say my I, my eyes lit up when I was like, what? the?" And I still to this day, every time I get to that section, I light up when I started every single time. I don't care that I know it's coming. I don't care that I know exactly like I just I will never not love that part. It, it, it triggers the same like dopamine rush of like the big tiny world and Mario Brothers three for me. I don't know why I like it, but I do. Like, I just want so cool to be tiny or bigger than everybody else. And. And it's like, whoa, we're just throwing off fun ideas. Like, I, I thought we were in a lab. I was in a power plant. There was lava. There were pipes, uh, mechanical enemies. No, you're in a little Lilliputian town for this world also. Oh, okay. All right, game. Sure. It, it's really good. It, it's a really small little part, but it's just so cool that you go and you shoot different things. <clears throat> and then you have to, like, at one point, you have to get a, a spirit, which is a door that joins you, lets you see the invisible enemies because some of these, like, catapults are invisible and... I just you fight little you, like you're saying little soldiers, little knights, little guys on little horses that come charging at you. Like I love it. It's so great. Can you kill the uh, invisible enemies without that thing before you get it? If no? you know where they are, yes. You can. Okay. It's just not easy. And you're but those not are the w- few enemies that respawn in the game um, that aren't. Yeah, I don't know if you can kill the catapults without it. I'm assuming you can. Mm-hmm. I've never tried because I just go and get the spirit anyway. But mm-hmm. I want to say you probably can because I, I, you, if you know where they are, you probably be fine. I bet speedrunners just kill them because they know where they're at. Mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, I think it's another thing that makes this game so charming is this area. I mean, it's just so cool. I mean, I don't really like just unlocking cats and unlocking a, a talking chest of drawers that jumps up and down, like stuff like that. It's just and as you go through this, you unlock like stairs. You you unlock the rest of the mansion too. Like you have to get to the attic where, or you get to. I mean, not attic. You get to another basement area you didn't get to before, which is what leads to the boss of of Doctor Leo's laboratory, where you fight a giant robot, which I don't care for. But it's still so cool. It's such, a, it's such a creative thing to me. Like, I never would have thought I'd be running around in a mansion, you know, releasing cats and, you know, 
stuff like that. Never, and it's not kind of sad. Like he lives completely alone. There's no people in this mansion. Just him and a bunch of animals that talk. Yeah, and I feel like the game like really like hides itself in this way because like you look at Soul Blazer. I'm expecting this like pastoral medieval town th- game. You know, you know, fantasy swords and sandals. You know, kind of stuff. You know, medieval times, and then and then it starts pulling in all this like fun like weird tech stuff. Like this is just a legit mansion. And then the next two worlds are even like beyond that, which I guess Final Fantasy does. But I wasn't familiar with Final Fantasy at that time. So it's <laughs> super like fun. Like the kind of mixing of fantasy and magic or and, in uh, technology. And after you finish the mansion and you beat the big robot, you unlock a doll that gives you the last stone and then talks about how you have to go to make your castle to save Dr. Leo. The thing that I always find interesting about that is like Dr. Leo's dead guys. Like he lost. <laughs> That's all mm-hmm. one. Like, but he's still there because he didn't he wasn't killed beforehand. He was just thrown into, you know, into into the blip. He was snapped. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was and then you get to Magrid Castle, which I'm a big fan of this world, too. I think this is this is the one that you stopped at because of a stupid right. puzzle, which we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah. And so you get to a castle, you get to this town, this giant castle. And there's nothing there but one stairwell that leads into a dungeon. You start going through the dungeon, you rescue a few soldiers, and you start seeing, like, the streets come back and the world come back. And so why don't you talk about what you got stuck on, and I'll talk about what to do. So, so I went through the dungeon. This started getting late last night. I'm like, I'm liking this. Uh, I was, And then I got to this thing, and I was in this room, and there's like, I was talking to this dude, and he's like, he's standing on a card. And I'm like, okay. You know, but you can't, but you can't do it, get it. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I'm sure I had to get a cat or some catnip again and like lure this, this human dude. I'm sure something like that. And then I talked to the dude at the top and he's like, I wish I had in the same room. And I'm like, I wish I had a harp string so I could do this. I'm like, okay, well, it's probably something like that. You know, very basic adventure puzzle. I'm like, this guy's probably gonna play music. And then I'll do that. So I go and I look around. I talk to everybody in town because I, 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 I literally killed every monster layer that I could access and I couldn't get to the left tower, um, which is in the top left of the city map. And this guy's like, you, the guard's like, you can't get over here because blah, 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 blah. You need a, a card. And I'm like, well, that dude's standing on a card. Okay, so he's got to do something with this. But I've killed everything, so there's nothing to unlock in that in the in the dungeon because the, I've killed every monster layer. There's nothing new to unlock in this town, so it has to be in this town somewhere. And I'm going to go talk to everybody. The towns are a little too big, so I can't fully see. And, and, and it's also a 16-bit game that's like heavily maze-based. So... It's designed to make you like walk around and get lost a little. Like that's the point of the game. You can play a lot of sixteen-bit RPGs. So I talked to this dude on the bottom right of the map, and he's like mentioned something about a harp string, and I'm like, "Well, you have the harp string, bro, but he's not giving it to me." And I keep checking my inventory. I'm like, "Where the hell is this harp string?" And then I'm like, "You know what? I've seen a lot of this game. I've seen some. I, I've seen the rest in like playthroughs of like where else this is going, and we could talk about that because it, it is super cool looking." But I'm like. I'm done here. Like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get this platinum card. And quite frankly, like, I don't want to play anymore. Um, I think also the fact that, like, Madrid Castle, like, took a step back from the technology and went to, like, more back to fantasy that, like, I yeah. liked it going fantasy or going magical wise. And the final world is, like, all spacey and stuff. And it looks really awesome. So I was like, I want to get to that. That's interesting. And I'm kind of, like, bummed out by Madrid Castle being like, here's a castle with rocks and stuff. Just normal. And I'm like, yeah, it's normal. But it was really cool. I mean, up until that point, it was really cool. Like there was flashback sequences of Dr. Leo. But then that puzzle just kind of ended my run and I couldn't figure it out. And so, and unfortunately, the guide I saw, it's like, get the platinum card. I'm like, well, fuck you, guide. I, don't, <laughs> I can't. So when I was a kid, we got stuck at the same puzzle, too. And I don't know how the hell we figured it out. I mean, I think we just stopped playing the game for a while. And one day it somehow 
we put we did it. I don't remember the details, but it's engraved in my head where it is. So the guy will talk about, oh, his friend had this harp string, but they were taken to prison. You have to go in the prison, the dungeon that you've been at, and you have to go down to an area where you see a skeleton and press A. It doesn't tell you it. It doesn't show you a blinking light. It does nothing to give you the idea that this is what you need to do. But you have and, to go and do some that. Some of the skeletons come to life and you kill them. Yes. This is a different this, skeleton. This particular one doesn't. And you have to go and tap on it. And, if you, and you press A in the right pixel or the right square. You will then pick up the heart string to go back to that guy. To that guy give him the harp string he'll play the song the guard will move and you get the card to unlock to go into the next part of the dungeon that you have to go to <laughs> yeah it's it's where the game really like this it it should have had like a blinking light or something to get your attention like how chrono trigger which may probably came out later you know had stuff like that like they could have. i mean i'm sure games they could have done a little blinking light like there's something that should have been there to signify especially since the game doesn't do that with having the visible items it, it's really a bad part of this game because I bet there's a lot of people who got to that part and just stopped playing. Right. Just, I like mean, it, it, well, and the, and the cadence of the game has not trained you to do that because no. the cadence of the game is if any unlikable item is either in a treasure chest or it any like any necessary item to, to proceed in the game, like, oh, you need this weapon. You need this type of armor to walk over the lava. You need this kind of stone to, you know, the mermaid's tears or something. You're going to find that either in the town um, talking to people or it's in a treasure chest in the dungeons. There's, yes. The game has not. And I think you told me, like, there's other invisible items, other places, which I never I never saw. But the game doesn't train you to do that. And, no, you know, like at least like Metroid and other games, I, I think Metroid 2, I think specifically. Are like bullshit enough to be like bomb every wall or Zelda one is that way. Yes. It's like burn every bush because we're not going to give you a visual signifier. And so you just have to do that to figure that out. And if, if I had been trained to be like touch everything, touch every single like dead body or like clump of dirt on the ground, then I would have found it. But the game did not. This is the first time the game's throwing it at you and we're 80 yeah. percent of the way through the game. You're more than that. But yeah. It's it's really a, a sideball. Like it, I know it locked us up for a long time, too. You didn't miss a whole lot because the rest of the Maggard Castle is where you just have to you unlock two different towers. You go through, you get a, a, a spirit that lets you see through walls. You get more of the town, which does look really cool when you complete the town. And then you end up into the climax of Maggard Castle, where you end up actually rescuing Dr. Leo. And you get to the airship. Dr. Leo was about to escape and go to, I don't know where the hell he was going, but he was trying to escape from these guards. And I guess there were other guards that were about to kill him. So at the time when you rescue everybody, he's trying to escape and you talk to him. You also unlock the queen and the queen brings guards and kills him and throws a bunch of spears. And you have a, you have a Boromir moment from Lord of the Rings where this guy takes like <laughs> three spears to the chest before he dies and disappears. <laughs> that's so weird. And that's, that's where they throw in like story is at the yeah, end. And then they bring so Lisa because Doctor was like, I won't help you. And they're like, well, we got Lisa. So if you don't help us, we'll kill her. And I'm just like, what the? Like, this game just got dark. So he's like, okay, Lisa, stand back. He's like, I'll go with you. And then they leave Lisa alone. He walks up to him and he blows himself up. <laughs> oh my and gosh. kills them. And kills the queen and kills all the guards. And you just see Lisa just crying next to his dead body, which should be burnt, but it's not. Dead body. And you have to go on the airship and fight a really annoying boss on an airship that keeps moving. And then you go back and he's just there and he talks to you one last time. He's like, I'm sorry for what I did. A scientist is supposed to create and bring life, not but all I brought were weapons. And it's just like, 
you've been laying here for like 30 minutes while I've been killing a hard boss and you're just <laughs> and he just blew up and disintegrated everybody else but you're just still and he just disappears and Lisa's like I can't talk to you right now it's really like weird how dark this game gets so quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean it's, yeah, kind of, it's a whole end. game of melancholy mm-hmm. which is I mean it, 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 it at least the guy terms. also had like spikes of like weird like this is this is dark and then it's it's after you do this then when you finally you because you get all the stones then because you also unlock the king and the king tells you how the queen, you know, fell into the greed and he should have stopped her. And it was her fault, I guess. And he and also his fault because he and this is when he tells you, I, I made a deal with Death Toll Trade every soul for one gold piece. And I'm thinking to myself, you're rich. What what do you need? And yeah. plus, what are you going to do with the money when everybody's dead? I mean, this still tracks with rich people. Yes, it does. Uh, <laughs> but it was just like, like if you kill everyone, what are you going to do with the money? Like, what does the money matter anymore if everybody's There's gone? No merchants like, in this entire game. There's no nothing to buy. No. <laughs> there's no know. store to buy any items from in the entire game what are you gonna and, do with that money and this is when you so you unlock so you do this you unlock the stone then you so this game is a, has a fuck you moment coming up here shortly that i'm gonna explain to you so then you go to death toll space world you go through this little space world it's not very long you fight some demons you, you it fight looks some cool stuff that, though it does look cool you fight some stuff that looks like behemoth from final fantasy to these purple monsters that's all i can think of and then you then you get to where death toll is but death toll is not there you don't have access to his uh to his world yet you can't fight the final boss and the game tells you well you need the power of the phoenix to do it wait you don't have the phoenix you have to go and get three items called the red hot mirror the red hot ball and the red hot stick in order to summon the phoenix in order to get to the final area okay which the the king the gnome king told you about okay and was there an opportunity for me to get these three i'm assuming they're in the in the in the uh, earlier worlds yes was there an opportunity for me to get any of these beforehand before yes okay one is in the world of evil. You get it in a chest there. The mirror, you have to take the spirit sword you got from Magrid's castle, go back to world to destroy those fire spirits you saw. And one of them will unlock a bird that you have to walk behind the bird, grab him, and then he'll give you the item because he's holding on to his item for some reason. And then the red hot stick, you have to go back to the mermaid world. And one of the islands, you had metal gorillas that you couldn't kill yeah. in the volcano. You have to kill them, and then you unlock someone that gives you the red hot stick. Okay, so this sounds like um, Wind Waker. Like it doesn't sound that difficult. <laughs> it's not that but bad. You, it, it's a, but you it's know a when little... Wind Waker, when Wind Waker was like, you got to find these six items, and that's where my Wind Waker run first ended. It was like you have to go find these six <laughs> items across the map, and then go get the map and translate them, and then do this. And I said, "Fuck you, game. I'm not playing this anymore." And like I literally stopped. I'm like, it, even though it wasn't that much more deal in Wind Waker, it doesn't sound like it's much more deal. It's like. You want me to do what? No, this is this is rude and unfair, and I'm not playing your game anymore. Like that would be enough for me to be like, uh-uh, I'm done. And if I hadn't ended on that left hour, that's where my run would have ended, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not doing yeah, this. It's not that bad. Like, I mean, I knew where they all were, of course, when I played yeah. this game. But I want to say the first time we played this, it threw us for a loop too. Well, because there, because there's metal things you can't kill. There's one monster layer you can't kill in the first world, also, yes. which, which I was planning on. Like, I was like, I'm gonna come back and get that at some so, point. Is what I was There's also about. a but that's so, not we, one of the things that unlocks these. No, they unlo- it unlocks. If I remember correctly, it unlocks something for the emblem. Okay. So in this game, so you got to, you get so all the spells that you do cost magic. They cost gems that you get throughout killing things. Every enemy drops gems. If you die, you drop all your gems. That's all that happens to you as a punishment. So, but you need gems for the final boss fight because the final boss fight when you every every strike you do shoots out a phoenix. That is how you kill him. And that Phoenix always takes two gems every hit. You do get gems in the battle, so it's not like a big deal. 
mm-hmm. just put that out there. We'll we'll talk about that shortly. But so there are eight emblems in this game that you have to find, and I'm going to read you where some of them are. Like the first emblem, A. Once you have the Zantu the Zantu sword, the sword you got that destroys monster uh, metal monsters, you have to go back to Leo's painting, destroy all those enemies. And then you have to search the ground above the ivy you, resur- you resurrected in the southeastern part of town. You just have to go and click A on, on the dirt. Okay. Again, never would have found it. Emblem B is in mm-hmm. a chest in, in the castle. Emblem C, you have to talk to a squirrel on the second floor in, in Greenwood. So you might have found that just by talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, emblem D, you have to... You get, an, you get a, a pearl and you have to go back to the place. You get a pearl, you give it to a dolphin who's sleeping or something like that. And then you see and a so, switch. And to do that, you would have had to have that pearl equipped in one of your slots when you talk to said sleeping dolphin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not gonna put that together. Um, <laughs> and here's a, and another emblem. E talk to a snail for the emblem in in the, one in the in the mountain town. Another one you have to go inside a sleeping mushroom's dream, open a new path, go back to where you saw that path, then go get it. And then here's one you here's a fun one. An emblem emblem G you have to go Leo's laboratory, enter a room, and push the dresser to the left. And then press A in the empty spot. There's you've never pushed anything in nope, your life in this not, game. Not in this right? game at all. And then in Magrid Castle, okay. this one you would never find. I, I only found yeah, this is another bitch one. You have to go after you built the castle, so after you finished you finished the world, you have to cross a bridge and walk on a piece of grass next to the door, and that's how you find an emblem just sitting there. So <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all made would, um, Y'all made the 50 gems sound bad in Illusion of Gaia, but this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> it's not bad when you know where they are, but try. I, I feel like if I wasn't aware of, or using a guy that this would have been a bitch to find. Yeah. And then you get a bell that makes it that all your spells don't cost any gems, which doesn't really matter because if you're good at this game at this point, which you probably are, yeah. you don't really even need gems anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're, we're also undoing all of our deaths. Like yeah, safe stating. Even if you didn't, you get so many gems in the final dungeon that it won't really matter. Yeah. And when, in the final boss fight, so the final boss fight has two forms. First form is a cloak guy. You just hit him a bunch of time with a phoenix. Then you get the final form, which is the one I want to talk about. Did you see a video of what he looks like? I did not. I do. I think Death Toll is supposed to be Dark Gaia, though, right? It's just a yes. different translation. Yeah. It, it, so it's a giant, like, demon that has so you, you he's a giant demon you only have part of the screen to run around and he shoots lasers at you that will then like ricochet and kind of bounce around like omega beams and try to hit you and you can only hurt him when he's about to shoot fireballs at you so you and so you these blue things will come up in the screen you you defeat the blue things these blue spikes that give you gems and then once you defeat all of them he opens his mouth and shoots fireball at you but every boss in the game has, has a health bar every enemy has a health bar death toll does not have a health bar you have no idea how close you're getting until he just dies. Okay. Okay. I don't like that. Which is stupid to me because like this game, the whole game is always let you see, hey, you're doing good. Hey, you're getting close. This the end is like, mm-hmm. nope, don't get to see that. You just yeah, because because it because it's not doing things like flashing red or anything like nothing. that. You, There's no no color change. I looked for that when I played it this last time. There is nothing at all that tells you anything where you're at. So you could be just about to beat the game and have no idea, which I don't like. Mm-mm. That bothers me. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, yeah, that's that's frustrating. Like, did I make a dent? And also, when they have like, um, like limited attack window, like you know, limited time, that's very frustrating to me. Um, and this game does have like a lot of times where you can't attack the bad guys, and that's frustrating to me. But yeah, <laughs> but, it, it it really bothers me because none of the bosses are like that, or it, this is the only yeah. boss that has that type of feature. And then you beat them, you save the world, and you go back to all the different towns and the people you, the main people that you, the last people that you saved and talks to them. And then you, you, the last thing you see is 
Lisa staring at the sunset and she sees a light ray shooting shoot into the sky and it's you going back to the sky and she fell in love with you or something. <laughs> I, I think that's in there somewhere that she talked about how she fell in love with you. Even though all you did was put a rod on her head while she was sleeping, go in her house while she's sleeping, wake her up and scare the shit out of her and then be there when her dad died. But hey, she fell in love with you. Oh, and so. does it actually have like actual like drawings, images and stuff? Uh, yeah, they have one drawing of her standing there on a mountain. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I think now that I'm watching the YouTube video, because I never really stay for the whole thing, I guess he comes back to see Lisa. I never noticed that. I never stuck past the credit. Yeah. Apparently he comes back to her. Cool. So. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I, the thing is, like, this game has some bullshit in it, but I like it. <laughs> I really did like it. I thought it was pretty, pretty fun. I was I, I, I was nervous at the beginning. And, uh, and it really <laughs> no, I could tell it. I. I felt bad because I always I always feel bad when I get people that on the show that don't like something that we're playing or like they're unsure. Like I used to do it to my co-host Mike all the time and I always felt bad. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is this is my actual like I think first time I've ever talked about a video game on a podcast. And I think that's I mean, like I have a video game on YouTube series, but yeah. that was a game that, that was a lighter light plug. But that's but fine. but at the same time, like you get into games and you're like, this is kind of bullshit, but it's interesting. And this game is interesting, but it really won me over like as it went on, which I'm not used to. Usually games like start off really strong. You get the you get the idea, you get the cadence and then and then they kind of just peter out. They get a little repetitive. And this game doesn't really get repetitive. It keeps like layering on new things at a steady clip. I wish some of the worlds were a little smaller or broken out, especially like World 2 is just really long with like the multiple shrines. Like, yeah, I would break that up a little as and then. Yeah, because there was there was another one that was like, yeah, the laboratory. You have all the laboratory stuff and the Lilliputian stuff in one. That could have been two different worlds thematically. But but what are you going to do? <laughs> all right. I think we should go on questions, comments, right. and memories. Mm-hmm. So we'll start it. So first from the Giant Bomb group. I think this is the perfect one to start it with. From John Silverman. Wow. Never even heard of this. Was it good? Turn based or action RPG? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I, is accurate. That's that, that. And that really does mind blow me because like I. Nintendo Power gave Illusion of Gaia like a lot of space. Either that, or I, I like really captured my mem- my uh, my imagination the way that like the Robo Trek right up caught my imagination. And I never knew Soul Blazer existed. And Terranigma was like Secret of Mana two, you know, Trials of Mana, where it was like this is a thing that we're never going to get in the U.S. and it's the oh. end of the Super Nintendo lifespan. And then ROMs show up, and you're like, oh, I'm going to check this out. But I have a ton of ROMs, so I never ended up playing it. Um, <laughs> So. And as I told him, I mean, I, as I still say, I still love this game. I still think this game is great. It's an, and it's an action RPG. And maybe, hey, maybe I'll get someone to play it. And next one from Simon Hedlund. Played the shit out of this as a kid. Grossly underappreciated title. Agreed. From Austin Ackerman. Played it when it came out. It was a decent action RPG early in the SNES life cycle. Crazy to think about the days when Enix was its own company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of well, is, though, sometimes. I mean, Enix bought Square, despite Square having yeah, the no. name. Um, so it's really, it was really Enix that is the one that survived after uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy Spirits Within tanked the company. Oh, yeah, um, that is what killed it. I need to do an episode on that. I like that movie. It's 20 I years think. old now, as of like a month or two ago. Mm, maybe that won't happen. Okay, from RPG Lovers Worldwide Unite, from Carl Langley. Really good SNES RPG games for sure. Chrono Trigger is a standard, of course. Okay, I have nothing to do with this, but all right. Uh, from Corey Clay, definitely on my list of must-play SNES games. The whole trilogy, in fact. Illusion of Gaia and Terragnima. I have never played Terragnima yet. I haven't either. I, I can change I, that I, if you want to. 
I, I, I would like to at some point. I, I still don't understand, or I, you know, when, and I don't understand, I do understand why, but the, when, when like Collection of Mana came out, for the switch and it was final fantasy adventure the game boy one uh basically and then secret of mana and then secret of mana 2 trials of mana and it made that trilogy and i'm like you know what would be a really good thing this very similar gameplay and we're also like the first game is kind of a little different like final fantasy adventure is a little like 8-bit janky and soul blazer fit well is like doing these things and then also be able to market it like a collection of quintet or a collection of gaia or whatever you want to call this that trilogy, I think, would work really well. As a, a, and then you can market it. You never got this in the U.S., so that's why we can charge sixty dollars for it. Like, and it's already translated in English. It came out in Europe, it just didn't come out in the U.S. So I feel like that kind of cartridge would be perfect for yeah, for Square but... to just dump on a ROM. I mean, they didn't well, do much with Collection of Mana or Collection of Saga, probably because the people aren't there anymore. Gotta be. I mean, that's that's. It seems like, an, or you could just do the Quintet Quintet, where you put Actraiser one and two on there. And then throw a Robotrek on there as an extra. I would buy it. I, I, I mean, I, I clearly downloaded this ROM and, and played it. But, I mean, it seems like an easy sell to be like, Illusion of Gaia, y'all probably remember that at least. And it's a fun art, action RPG. Then Soul Blazer is a little more simplistic, but not the same. And a and lot Terranimo of fun. And is completely and Terranimo, different, too. And Ter- is it really? It's not just, okay. It's like, it's would, like Secret of Mana, Secret of Evermore. Okay. I would love to play that at some point. I would love that. I think that would be an easy sell for for RPG junkies. All right. So if you're listening, Square, that's what we want you to do. Okay, Enix, Square Enix. You're listening. I, I'm sure they're like, shit, we never thought of that. But games <laughs> my mom found. <laughs> All right. I have a few more uh, from Linza Cook. Have never even heard of it. You're missing out. Uh, from Rob Cole. Oh, man, this is my favorite RPG on the SNES. I loved it as a kid, along with Illusion of the Guy, even if I wasn't good at strafing while fighting or strafing. The environments are colorful, the characters interesting, and I loved unlocking the settlements as you complete the dungeons. So, man, the game could be dark, too. Uh, he's right. From Quinn Gregg, I loved the game and the whole trilogy. I've beaten it several times. Quintet is my favorite game publisher. Wish they never went out of business. Would we'll love to see how they do newer games. Soul Blazer was so unique because it felt like you built the world as you go along. Oh, here's a good one from Glenn Lavely. Love this game and a sequel to its town building was created at the time. You can see its DNA in games such as Dark Cloud and Ever Oasis. I don't yeah, know what Ever Oasis is. Ever Oasis was the one that came out for 3DS from the Secret of Mana creator. Um, That's why. I don't know. It came out like a few months after the Switch came out on 3DS. It's from the, the people. It it's the developer Gretzo who <laughs> made the Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Oh. For 3DS. And they, they made their own IP and then they... I don't think it did well because it was it came out way too late on 3ds. Um, Minus, that's why yeah. they put back on Zelda Switch. remakes. But it's it's cool if you like mana. It's it's like a it's got a similar like three trio thing. There was a free demo on 3ds, so you, you probably could check it out. Um, it's okay. interesting enough. And then I did see a lot of Dark Cloud comparisons also for Soul Blazer. I don't yes. remember. I never played Dark Cloud because I didn't have a PS2. I can change Dark that Cloud too. One came out. I'm good, but thank you. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's it's similar, like rebuilding towns. I'm not sure, but a lot of people compared Dark Cloud as like a spiritual sequel to Soul yes. Blazer, even though it's obviously not the same people. No, Dark but it, you, it is kind of because you build, you unlock things to build a town. I, I haven't played Dark Cloud in so long. I'm gonna have to change. I just that. remember being marketed as PS2 Zelda Killer. It was like okay. it was not. <laughs> all right, from Austin Sickles, I used to rent this game nearly all the time when I was with my dad during his weekends. It was just about the only game I would play until I finished it from start to finish. Somehow, luckily for me, my save data was still in the game after not renting it for a couple weeks at a time. That is impressive. Uh, from Ben Quinn, I freaking love Soul Blazer. Sometimes I'll just find a full playthrough on YouTube and listen to while I'm working. 
not, music is good. We haven't said that music is really good in this game too, which is not something I normally say. Does it? I, 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 I never play with the volume up. It felt like every time I turned it on, it seemed like it was the exact same song in the, in the Maybe. I mean, each town has its own music, but I, I'm, I'm also kind of like when it comes to games from this era, I'm a sucker for the stuff that I grew up with for music. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't completely, I'm, you know, I have my rose colored goggles on. I, I need to keep saying, yeah. So, but I like the music a lot from because again, it, it's something that stuck. It's something that stuck with me. So maybe it's not the greatest. I don't mm-hmm. know, but it means a lot to me. And then let's see, you got a couple more uh, from Nicholas Lovano's underrated masterpiece with amazing original soundtrack. All right, from Justin Whitman, one of my favorite games of all time. I love games where you unlock the world as you go. Can anyone suggest games like that? Act Razor, um, Illusion of Gaia, Paragnima, Dark Cloud. Ever Oasis does have like a town building element where you go back to the town and rebuild it. Because like Dragon Quest Seven gives it the same taste, <laughs> just not as um, not as fast. Okay, and I'm going to read a couple more from this group because I need to wrap this part up. Uh, from Gene S, the game main music is my actual ringtone. Nice. Oh, cool. Uh, from Timmy Ramone didn't know it existed until after I played the spiritual sequel Illusion of Gaia. Not sure which one I like more. Terranima is more alike to this than Gaia, though. Hmm. Okay. Oh, here's one. This is what you were just saying. I from Brian Brackney. I wish Square Enix would put Illusion of Guy and Soul Blazer and Nintendo Online a rematch of the old SNES Square Enix games and bring them to all consoles, PC, and Google Stadia. Seems really easy. Seems really so. easy. They've done from it before. John Jones. I've been praying they put the big three on any system. Huh? All right. And I have, let's see. God, I got a lot of comments for this game. I'm really surprised how many people responded. Well, it was it was funny because I, I would just was kind of testing the waters. I was like on uh, laser time and retro time on Facebook. And I would just post like a picture of the save screen because it says like, you know, every time you save it and ask like, do you want to continue? And you're like, yes. I was like, good, Vince. Do continue. You're doing great. Do not give up. And I'm like, thank you, game, um, for like inspirational. Thing. And I would just post that like out of context. And people like love Soul Blazer, love Soul Blazer, like 19 comments. And I'm like, I put an out of context thing from a 20 goddamn year old game. And people are like, love it. And love I got it. a few to read from the official Laser Time community. Uh, first one's a little long, but I always like to read the first one from Jack Dogerty. I love this game. and It's my second favorite from Quintet after Terranimba. Though Illusion of Guy gets most of the glory, I find this game to be more memorable on its own and decidedly less dark. I at first was put off by the simplicity of the comic, but it grew on me after a while. Interesting to compare with Illusion of Guy and Terranimba and see how, how even this early on Quintet was already exploring themes of renewal and rebirth. I additionally like how it hints at a Quintet verse connected with at razor at my favorite part is the beautiful nature preserve founded by a dog named turbo what a quirky and cool game okay yeah that's right turbo shows up in gaia and uh and terra enigma and matthew allen is that the guy from vga mm-hmm. okay well thank you for commenting sir uh, he says soul blazer sound like the nickname the biggest stone in your college dorm would have <laughs> soul blazer uh from chad fujihara i'm pretty sure i used to own this or i rented it from blockbuster but i definitely enjoyed my time with it uh, from Chris Jones, I enjoyed Soul Blazer. I remember renting it quite a few times back in the day. I preferred Illusion to Guy, but Soul Blazer was still a great start to the series. Okay, from Mike Amari. I'm always meant to play this. I loved Illusion to Guy in junior high, but could never find a copy of this. And from Vincent Goodwin, this is the most yeah, relatable game I've ever played. And you posted your screenshot. My yeah. back hurts. Because <laughs> <laughs> I said too much. Yep. Oh, and then the last group to read from Super Nintendo Super Group. Uh, First one from Matt Peters. I always love this game. Very addictive and satisfying gameplay. Watching the world reveal itself as you progress. Before I owned it, I would rent it practically every other week, and I could start it Friday night after school and finish it by Sunday night before we had to return it the next day. Love the music in the different location. The overworld theme evokes a very melancholy sense of longing. Classic game. 
uh, from Will Covino. I didn't play this game until I saw it recommended in this group. It was last year, and I loved it. Definitely fight with my completionist type of per- A personality. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it's not that hard of a game to fully complete. I think it's only like 10 no. hours long, and even like on how long to beat, it's it's pretty easy to 100% this game. I'm going to read a couple more. From Brian Stort, Soul Blazer is one of my favorite SNES games. I still play it all the time. From Stephen King III, SE needs to port this trilogy to modern systems from the best action RPG I ever played. You hear that, Square? If you're listening, NX people, Square NX people want this game. And last one I'm going to read from Steve Drown. Thoroughly enjoyed several playthroughs out of the years in the SNES, although I never really found any of the magic spells very useful except the Phoenix, of mm-hmm. course. All right. Yeah, that, that is a weird thing. Like, like most of the time I'm just using my sword. I did not bother with any of the other. I didn't even do the thrust thing, and I didn't do the magic, like, barely at all. You don't need to. I know. That's weird, though. You know, like, why would you add this? And then, like, it's kind of not necessary. And I think we should go to our last steak, uh, steak, <laughs> uh, part. Shelf stack or box. And I'll go first. Obviously, I think it's, I'm going to put this game on the shelf. This is a game that I have been talking about. I have played for years. I still talk about it. I still try to sell people on this game, even though you can't buy it in any shape or form because it never got re-released. Yeah. Shit. I don't even understand why this never got released on the Wii or the Wii U uh, virtual shops or anything, but it does not exist in any form other than the SNES cartridge and lets you, as they say on SNES Drunk, play it any way you can. Yeah. <laughs> This game's going exactly. to the shelf. I will. I love this game. I always am trying to convince people to try this game. I think it's an amazing game. You know, I know it's rose colored goggles, and I, I will tell people that. But when I replayed it, I still had a ton of fun. You know, even though I have you know grown as a gamer, it was still fun as hell. So yeah, if you haven't played it and you like SNES RPGs, check it out. Yeah, I, you, I, I, I would agree with with everything in principle. I I don't think it's super rose colored glasses because I have like a hard time with like older stuff, you know, and like the jank gets past me. Like you were asking me to be maybe like on a Zelda two episode. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing Zelda two. And I, I really honestly can't handle like a lot of eight bit games. Um, just like my own gameplay style. There's just like, I'm, I'm not wired that way. And even like the beginning of this game, I'm like, Mm-mm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling this, but something hooked me about it. The like, despite all of like the kind of like early 16 bit trappings that turn off some people and turn off my ADD, be like, this is not fast enough. And, it's just like I'm not going to put in the work. And it's a very smooth, very fun game. It's got a lot of cool stories. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it on the sh- not on on in the stack. I say this because, uh-huh. like, quite honestly, like I have too many video games. And my illusion of guy, which I think is better, is in sitting in a box under my bed right now. So I probably should say box, but um, <laughs> but I'm going to say shelf, not shelf, stack. Um, stack. Okay. Yeah, I think it's I think it's worthwhile. I think. If you're curious about earlier action RPGs, if I think it really should be re-released because I think that the package of these three games, they're all different enough, apparently, that, you know, you'd be fun to jump in any three of them. And it's it's a fun game. I'm glad I played it. I'm glad I checked it out. It's it, it would be something I would talk about if Illusion of Gaia was more popular. It would be my my my, my video game. I have a video series called That Was a Game. I plugged it a few times. It's on my YouTube channel. All my friends are right here. And this year, I've been doing videos on video game sequels and prequels that are adjacent to things that are big. So like I covered like Wario World because like everybody's played the Wario Land games, but Wario World is kind of like lost to time or like Super Princess Peach. Like we know it exists, but like not many people ever talk about Super Princess Peach. And I feel like maybe you want to try it. It's it's fun enough and and it's worthwhile enough. This is better than that. But like if Illusion of Gaia was like a big monumental like Chrono Trigger level RPG and they say, hey, there's a game made by the same team a little earlier and it's good. 
Like that, I would have made a video about Soul Blazer. But I'm happy I played it. I, th- I it was not a waste of my time. It was not. It was not miserable. Um, there's some bullshit in it, but all video games have bullshit. That's just what it is. <laughs> Sorry, Chrono Trigger it, does though. not. It's a perfect no. game. I, uh, I played Chrono Trigger DS, and I remember complaining about this one section, and my my friends were like, what the hell are you talking about? And apparently, the part that I hated about Chrono Trigger DS was the shit they added for Chrono Trigger DS, specifically. So, I don't know. Have you played the DS version? Yes, I have. There's just one area that I'm just like, mm, I don't like this. And well, apparently, I picked out the one thing that was made 12 years later. So uh, The stuff in the DS, the extra stuff in the DS, you just have to, it's there, enjoy it. If you don't want it, just skip it and act like it never existed, because you're fine. I, I should have done that. I got tracked, I got trapped into it. I mean, I um, did it all, too, but you can't judge it on the same quality of the main game, because right, it's not. Exactly. Yeah, I was like, this is the low point, so, but it wasn't also bad. Sorry, I'm getting off on Chrono Trigger here. But I liked it. I think it was, it was fun. Uh, I'm glad I played it. I'm going to shelf it just because I have limited space right now. To display all my video games. My virtual boy takes up a lot of space. So I can't. I can't display Soul Blazer right now. Okay. And I should introduce what we're going to be talking about next week. Vince is coming back again next week. Heyo. We are going to be. I am finally. Finally playing Legend of Zelda Minish Cap. Next week. I have been meaning to play that game for. Ever since it came out. But for some reason. As a guy who loves loves legend of zelda i have never played minish cap there's a few i haven't played but that that's one of them so did you 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 weren't much of a handheld gamer right i think uh, i didn't own a game boy advance i missed that entire generation okay i bought a d a ds and i played some game boy advance games but i never really got into them i only played a, mm-hmm. a handful and then i i don't really and i i bought a 3ds but i never really played a lot of ds or 3ds i kind of skipped that psp i owned a psp played a couple but never really got too far in it did you even have like original game boy or color i did yeah i played a lot of game boy and game Boy color okay. but i was a kid so it was the same games over and over again yeah okay yeah minish cap minish cap uh we'll talk about that next time because yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, excited. I'm, I, I i petered out on it too so i'm i'm eager to get back into it it's always the one that like i always see like book clubs be like Hey, maybe we'll start a game club and we'll talk about Minish Cap because it's like it's Zelda adjacent um, and people like and it's, it's generally a, a well-regarded game and quality game. Just it came out, I think, three months after the DS. So oh. like Ever Oasis. Yeah, because I, I played it on my it came out. I want to say like January 05 and the DS came out like November 04. So it was just like even though it's playable, it was just like the wrong time for it. So, OK, I I have just I for some reason have never. I played like the first maybe 10, 20 minutes of it off and on on ROM, but I never got around to it. So this is my yeah. first time going through the entire game. Yeah, it, it, it had this one thing where, it, again, it was like, a, I don't want to do this. It had these things called kinstones. Like, you got to find these things on the map. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so and that was enough to end it for me. Now, the kinstones may be like, oh, it wasn't that bad of a deal. But like just the prospect of it, I'm like, I'm not dealing with that. It's so I not my, as bad as you think. I got my Nintendo Power Guide. I bought it for eight dollars last week um, i'm gonna hit it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna get all those kin stones i'm gonna talk to my hat but we can talk about that next time next week and vince where can people find you at oh you sure so i am a, i've got a youtube channel most relevant to this podcast called that was a game it's on uh basically we just look at games and we're like yep that was certainly was a game um <laughs> we cover you know just like weird adjacent games i'm just covered uh super luigi brothers which is the rom hack of made by nintendo where luigi's inserted a super mario brothers one you go right to left it's really weird but i basically just been covering games of that style 
And then uh, I also host a podcast. Some of my friends read comics. It comes out every other. Mike, you've been on that. You covered the super the Super Metroid comic that appeared <laughs> yes. in Nintendo Power with us. So we the the pretext of the comic of the the comic book podcast is there's a ton of comics out there, and we're reading the things that we should have read. So we actually don't have like a not a lot of nostalgia for it. Like people know about like the death of Gwen Stacy. Well, we finally like well let's read the issue of Gwen the, where Gwen Stacy died. We didn't ever do that. Um, so those are the kind of things like you know, you know everybody knows comic history, but they don't necessarily read all of it. They just know like events. And so this was a this is a podcast. We're six years in. Uh, we just covered Shang Chi's first um, appearances. <laughs> yes, which I listened to. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was actually pretty good, all things considered, for 1972. I what think do you know, Iron Fist. Yeah, I I I I did diss Iron Fist in that episode. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm a big. Um, I like the Iron Fist run from the, the 70s, where the he Claremont Byrne one. So does Ed Brubaker, who a smarter dude than me. Ed Brubaker created <laughs> the Winter Soldier. Run. Yeah, I we're, we're looking at maybe covering the Matt Fraction run. Uh, Matt Fraction Brubaker. Iron hey, Fist you cover Matt Fraction one. Hawkeye. We're covering Matt Bro. Fraction. Uh, Next, Bro. we we're gonna oh, do that when the, whenever the show comes out. Uh, we've covered Pizza Dog before, um, okay. but we're doing. So you know what I'm joking then about? Yeah, so. yeah, we're doing Matt Fraction's uh, Superman, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen from a couple of years ago that won the uh, Eisner for Best Limited Series. We're doing that next week. Okay, so that'll be coming out in like whatever, like the twelfth or whatever. And one of your co-hosts from uh, some. Oh, that's right. We recorded an episode that you haven't heard yet because it's not out until October, but. We're covering the second Sandman, so that's coming up if you're still listening. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that'll, that'll be fun. Chris is a really super knowledgeable dude about comics. He's been reading comics and comic history for, for decades. He knows a lot. <laughs> I have not, but I'm trying to read more comics. And I think that, and, and before we wrap up the show, I do want to, as I said at the top of the show, you can go vote in our Patreon for as little as a dollar. You can sign up for our Patreon and you can vote and decide what horror movie I'm going to have to cover next month. Friday the third, no, Friday, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Reanimator, Poltergeist, and I can't remember the other one all of a sudden. What did you say? And the Witch. Oh, the, so, the Witch, yeah. So you get to choose. Right now, Reanimator is winning, which I don't know. I don't, I, from everything I heard, I don't want to watch that, but I won't have a choice if people want <laughs> <work>, to so. <laughs> so you can pay just a dollar to make Mike's life miserable. Yeah, um, some people already are. Or save Mike. <laughs> you could also save Mike if you wanted to. I don't think Decisions that's going to happen. Decisions are yours. You're Jason Todd of, of your Patreon. <laughs> you know, I'm, the two other people that are joining me for either Reanimator or whatever wins both love horror movies. So I have two people that love horror movies and the one guy who hates them. So it'd be a very interesting concept, I think. <laughs> that I should don't. be fun. I feel like that's good to have like a little neophyte in there to be like, oh. I try. I yeah. try to do that with my with my listening. I also want to give a shout out to my buddy's show, uh, a gamer looks at forty, Bill Tucker, who done the who who did all the MCU with me, which is. Still not all done, <laughs> but you can go ch- check out all those episodes and go check out his podcast. It's a much more edited podcast and much different than this, but a very good show. So I think if you need someone else in your to listen to, check that out. And I also want to say if you're ever because I get people that message me all the time about this and we're looking for our old episodes. It only goes back 100 on iTunes and Spotify, but everything is on Podbean. So if you go to Podbean, you can download all the old episodes and find everything that you're missing from our back catalog because there is a lot of shit in our back catalog. So. Because we have recorded 240 some episodes at the time that you're hearing this, I've been published. I recorded more, but 240 something <laughs> have been published all the time. So yeah, oh, and if you are looking for a little bit more, you know, if you want to hear what we said about Illusion of Gaia, that is episode 110, I think it was. Yeah, it's February, so just scroll back to February 2021. You can find it. 
Okay, I'm looking up the number as we speak, which I didn't do earlier. Uh, episode 110. Uh, so you can hear about that if you want to listen to that. Different cast, but besides me. And also, I want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Bobby, a.k.a. Mike Stoney from ZP Bite the Bullet. Saw him the Cool Kid Squad. Definitely go check him out. You'll see a link in the show notes to his YouTube channel. And I, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube. Only audio, but we're there. So if you want to hear us, if you'd rather get your podcast on YouTube, which some people do, mm-hmm. it's there for you. So go check that out. And I think we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.